Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Um, If you have a Bible, you can turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. I'm going to be reading from the message version, so it might sound a little bit different than maybe your version. All the Bibles say pretty much the same thing. Different versions, same in different ways, just based on how how you talk and your language and all that. And so I'm going to be reading from the message today. If you don't have it, there's an app on your phone you can download and and read it. And if you don't have apps or like technology or are just too lazy to open up the app, we've got it on the screen behind you, uh, behind me, and you can read along with me. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Joshua was up early and on his way from Shittim. I had to study the pronunciation of that word before I preached it (laughs) this morning. With all the people of Israel with him, and he arrived at the Jordan and camped before crossing over. And after three days, leaders went through the camp and gave out orders to the people. When you see the covenant chest of God, this is the ark of God. It was a box that was symbolic of his presence. He wasn't actually in the box, but it was an image of God. It was an idea, a symbol of God. And the, the Levites, they would carry him ahead of the people when they were going to war and stuff like that, kind of like as a message that God is going before us and God fights our battles. Carried by the Levitical priests, start moving. Tap your neighbor and tell them, start moving. Follow it and make sure you keep a proper distance between you and it. Tell your neighbor, back up. About half a mile... Be sure now to keep your distance. Tell your other neighbor you back up to. And you'll see clearly the route to take. And here's where I get my my message from. Okay, that's back there. Get to know. Here's where I get my message from today. I think it's going to encourage you. Um, You've never been on this road before. Y'all ready for my title? Here's my title. You've never been here before. I, I can tell you didn't get it. I'll say it one more time. You've never been here before. Yeah. (laughs) It's good, man. Listen, let me give you some cultural historical context really quickly. The people of Israel being led by Joshua. Joshua is the de facto leader, their true leader. Moses has died. Now you got this guy who's up and coming trying to lead these people. And uh, these people are not necessarily in the best of moods. They've been slaves for 400 years, and then they've been wandering in the desert for 40 years. There were slaves in Egypt, and now they're wandering around this desert called sign or sin, and now they're, they're wandering around, and they're just kind of lost, and they don't know where they're going, and, uh, but the thing that was keeping them together all along was this promise, this promise that God had a land for them, real creative, God got with the name, the promised land, see what he did there? Anyway, the promised land, and, uh, and this promise, this hope was the thing that kind of drew them forward, and when we enter into their story, we enter into a story, please catch it, where after 450 years, they are finally at the precipice of their promise. They can see their promise. It's across the river, but they can't touch it. And I wonder if there's anybody here today who can resonate with that feeling. I can see the person I want to be in 2020. I can see the life I want to have in 2020. I can see the change I want God to do in my life. I can see it, but I can't touch it. It's so close, but yet so 
far. I can see it, but I can't, I can't touch it. And they're about to step into a place that they've never been before. I want to just go ahead and begin your decade with a positive declaration over your life. Are you ready? I believe that in 2020, God is going to take you places you've never been before. I believe it. I believe it. Levels you've never seen before, spaces you've never seen before. I had two words drop into my spirit as I was studying for you. I felt God told me, tell them, tell them rooms and rivers. I believe there are rooms that you should not be in because you are not qualified by the world's definition of qualification that God is going to open the door to that you are going to step into. Maybe because of your socioeconomic status, maybe because of your gender or your race or your age, people will tell you you have no place in this space. But when God makes a way, he opens the door and you're going to get into places you've never been able to get into before. He also told me, tell the people not just rooms, but tell them rivers. Why rivers? Because there are things in your life that you have not been able to get over, impossible things that God says in 2020, you are finally going to get over. The things in your life you could not cross, the things in your life you could not pass, God says, I'm getting ready. Those things were blocking you from becoming the person that I called you to be, but this year you are going to be somewhere you have never been here before. And what I think is exciting about that and why I think God has a word for you today is because in the story, the Israelites were three days from crossing over. They had to wait. They were three days. And if you think about it, today we are three days away from crossing over into 2020. Three days and three days, I think there's a message. Now, in the same breath that I give you a word of declaration, I need to give you a word of caution. And it's going to sound just, it's going to sound real similar to the positive, exciting, hallelujah, new places, but it's totally different. Are you ready? Here's the word of caution that I'm going to say in the same breath as the word of declaration. Here's the word of caution. God is going to take you places you've never been before. Now, I know that sounds the same, but it's not the same. Because <laughs> have, have you ever been somewhere you've never been before? Come on. I remember my wife and I, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary in Europe, and we visited a bunch of different countries, and one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to in my life. Babe, what's the place? Santorini, Greece. Beautiful. Google it. Unless you struggle with comparison, it's going to make you jealous, and don't do it. But Santorini, Greece. Oh, my gosh. I went, they had the streets were made of marble, y'all. And there was like mountains and homes, and it was, it was amazing, and I loved it. And, uh, and I'm an explorer, so we got out the house, and I was like, hey, we're going to go. We're just going to go. We're just going to go. We're going to check out this island. And we went to do that, and there was a map in the house, but I left the map there. I figured I don't need it. I like exploring. We're just going to go. How, 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 how lost can we possibly get? It's an island. You know what I'm saying? Where I was staying was on the coast. So I just figured even if I get lost, I just follow the water. I'm going to get back eventually. What I failed to realize is how big an island it actually is. So we just started walking and, and you know, and, and, and I knew I was lost. And, but I couldn't tell. Every husband knows. You never admit you're lost. And so I just started walking. I didn't admit I was lost. I have this go-to kind of phrase when I'm lost, but I don't want to admit it. And Liz knows that we're lost. I tell her we're taking the scenic route. And so I just told her we're taking the scenic route. But then I couldn't use that excuse anymore because the route didn't get scenic any longer. I don't know how else to say it. So if you know, you know, okay? We were in Santorini, lost, and I knew we was lost because we, 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 we were in the hood, y'all. We were in, we were in the hood. Now, here's what you need to know about the hood. Everybody got a hood. 
Paris, got a hood. Okay, Fiji, never been there, bet they got a hood. Canada, got a hood. Everybody, Santorini is beautiful, but they got a hood. <laughs> the walls change, you know what I'm talking about? The streets change, the smells change, you know, the people look different. They weren't the same Santorini people I saw with the, by the tourist place. It, it, just, it just shifted. Liz looked over me, she said, I don't feel safe. I said, me neither, let's walk faster. And we moved past him, we started walking now. Here's what you need to know, it was beautiful, but I was scared. It was beautiful, but I was confused. It was beautiful, but I was frustrated. God is going to do something beautiful in 2020, but just because it's going to be beautiful doesn't mean it's going to be easy. If you've never been there before, if you've never been there before, it could be beautiful and it can be scary. If you've never been there before, it can be beautiful and it can be confusing. If you've never been there before, it can be beautiful and it can be frustrating because you've never been there before. Let me give you an example. Somebody here has just moved to Florida. I know it because that's what Florida is. Yeah, you move, you move here. Okay, but here's something. Somebody's moved to Florida and you hate it. And, 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 and I want to start, you know, Florida is not the problem. Florida is beautiful. You don't like it because you haven't found your favorite coffee shop yet. You don't like it because you don't know your neighbors yet. You don't like it because you don't have a Disney pass yet. Come on, somebody. <laughs> In other words, you're being frustrated with where you are, not because it's a bad place. Here, this is gonna minister to someone. And not because you missed God's will, but because you've never been there before. It's natural when you're in a new place to have new problems. Somebody just started a new job and you hate it and you're on day one. You're not just ready to quit, you're ready to quit and commit suicide. And I just wanna let you know, before you even think of that, maybe your boss isn't the problem. Maybe you just don't know how to file the paperwork yet. Maybe you just haven't found the fastest route to work yet. Maybe it's just because you've never been there before. This is a great one. This is for parents. Listen, when you finally have kids, and for those people who do have kids, and your kids grow up, you're going to think that God is getting you back for everything that you did to your mom and your dad because they're going to come out, and they're going to come out crazy, and you're going to be so ill-equipped. Like when they give you a baby at the hospital, you know that they just give you the baby? I swear, when they gave me justice, I was like, and the manual is... And I had to figure this stuff out. I wasn't a bad parent when he peed on me. I wasn't a bad parent when I couldn't get him to go to sleep. I wasn't a bad parent when I couldn't teach him to say thank you to his brother. I wasn't a... I said, I just never been there before. When you're a Christian and you just give your life to Jesus, don't get frustrated when temptation rears his head. Don't get upset when it gets hard to walk this thing out. You've never been here before. Don't worry. We're going to walk this out with you. We're going to get you in a small group. We're going to preach sermons that are going to encourage you and lift you up. You've just never been here before. And so let me tell you something about 2020. You've never been there before. And I don't care whether you're 20 or whether you're, you're 80, okay? And I mean this because when you're 20, you think you know everything. And when you're 80 or anywhere in between, like 50 to 80, you probably do know everything because you've been living life for a long time. But you know, with everything that you know, like I'm specifically speaking now even to like my, my 50 plus older members of this church. Listen, when you, you, you might know a lot, but you know what you don't know? What 2020 is going to bring. 
because you ain't never been there before. So I know you've seen God move, but you never seen him move the way he's going to move in 2020. You haven't seen the new places. You haven't seen the new spaces. You haven't seen the new room. You haven't seen the new blessing. So I don't care how old you are. If there is breath in your lungs, there are still new things that God wants to do in your life. God is an original God. Everything he does is new. He don't do remixes. He don't do sequels. Everything he creates is original. And what God does in 2020 in your life is going to be original. But with a new chapter comes a new challenge. So what do you do? You get prepared for the challenge. The key to transition is preparation. If you prepare right, you can transition well. I had a pastor one time tell me, because uh, I, I was getting married and he did the wedding and I was like, give me some advice. And I was like, everybody tells me the first two years of marriage are the toughest. He says, the first two years of marriage are tough. Don't believe that. He goes, they're not tough if you're ready. If you're prepared, financially, it's not that tough. If you're prepared emotionally, it's not that tough. If you're prepared mentally, it's not that tough. If you learn how to throw out the trash, it's not that tough. If you learn how to wipe the mirror down after you flush your teeth, you monster, it's not that tough. If you would just get ready for it, you, you would be able to transition well. And listen, that's why when Joshua got to the Jordan, they camped three days. Because when God transitions you, he doesn't just transition you, he always prepares you for the transition. For three days, if I'm the Israelites, I see that water, I'm like, let's go. Let's go. I've been waiting 40 years in this desert. I will swim. I will build a raft, whatever I got to do. But Joshua says, no, no, no. We're not ready. When God transitions you, he always prepares you for a transition. That's what I want to do with you today. I want to prepare you for transition. God prepares them in two ways. The first way he prepares them is in Joshua chapter 3, verse 4. Make sure you keep a proper distance between you and it. About a half a mile. Be sure now to keep your distance and you'll see. Someone say see. see. Clearly the route to take. Here's the first thing God wants to prepare you for. If you're going to go into 2020, prepare to see things like you've never seen them before. Prepare to see things like you've never seen them before. He says that he needed some distance in between them and the Ark of the Covenant. And I tried to figure out why would God require distance in this scenario? Is it because he's holy? Is it because he's supposed to be feared? And I realized that that wasn't it at all. If you think about it really practically and even really biblically, the Bible says it's so you can see. There were over 2 million people, some theologians believe, walking to the Jordan. Can you imagine yourself in the middle of two million people walking with the priest in front of you. First off, it's crowded. Everybody's walking like this. Second, if you've ever been to Disney, mind you, you can never see in front of you. You only see a sea of what? People. So you can't see the sea, but you do see the sea of people. Here's why God needed them to put distance. Because if they had no distance, the Levites would have went through the water and the water would have split. But if you're in a midst of people, will you have seen the river split? All you would have seen with the people walking in front of you and the path in front of you. And here's the problem. You would have gone through the Jordan. You would have walked through the Jordan and you would have got through the Jordan, but you would have missed that what you got through, you weren't just getting through. What you got through, God got you through. I wonder how many miracles we might miss in 2020 because we're too close to our issue. And if we get some distance from them, we can say, whoa, in the moment, it felt like it was going to kill me. But now that I back up a little bit, I can see God was in that thing I went through. God was the one who got me through. You got to get some distance so you can see what God is doing. I'll show it to you another way. I got a little illustration here. Ernesto, I don't know if you can help me really quickly with this illustration. This is my, my, my dog's chew toy, and, uh, which I cleaned. Um, it's a lie. I'm in the pulpit. I didn't clean it. But they say a dog's mouth 
you know, whatever they say about it. And so, Ernesto, I want you to go ahead and catch this ball really quickly. One hand, catch it. All right, he warned me before service. He's like, I'm a terrible catcher. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I think you got this. You got this. Ready? Ready? Go. Go. One more time. 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 <laughs> We're going to get it. 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 Bam. One hand. Catch with one hand. One more time. We just haven't catch you. This is a sermon, I promise. Yeah. All right, throw it back. All right. Now I want you to cover one eye. Awesome. Now I want you to try and catch this with one eye. Same deal. Okay? All right. Okay. Now listen, there's a reason why he dropped it. There's a reason why he couldn't catch it because he was looking with one eye. Put your hand over your eye again. Something happens when you look out of only one eye. You lose what doctors call depth perception. When you only see things with one eye, you see things in their width and in their height. But you need a second eye to see the third dimension. You need the second eye to see it in its depth. Sometimes when we look at our problems and our issues, our life, we only see them using our natural eye. But when we only see them using our natural eye, we miss the depth of our problem. But when we see it from God's perspective, we don't just see things for the natural problems that they are. Another dimension, we see them in the spiritual dimension and all of a sudden we can catch what God's doing in our life because we can see what God's doing in our life because we're seeing it from another perspective. And so if you see your problem from the natural, you will only see your problem. But if you see your problem from the natural and the spiritual, you can see how God is using that problem to produce something in your life. If you see the fact that he left you from the natural, you'll think that you're insecure and you're ugly and you're not good enough and you're never going to find love. But if you see it from the natural and the spiritual, all of a sudden you go, you know what, God, maybe he didn't leave me. Maybe you saved me because you knew things about that person that I didn't know about. And maybe if I just trust you, I'm not just going to see it out of this eye. I'm going to see it out of this eye too. If you see the fact that you got outbid for that house, you might only see it out of the natural and think, well, God, I guess I'll never have the dream of my, the home of my dreams. I guess I'll never live in that place. But if you see it out of the spiritual, you understand that God always reserves the best things for last. And you go, you know what, God, maybe what you're trying to do is actually teach me to trust you. So I'm going to see this out of the spiritual. Maybe you have a child or a child who's not serving the Lord and you see it out of the natural. When you see it out of the natural, all you see is your failure. If I'd have spent more time with them, if I'd have just maybe prayed more for him, then maybe he'd be serving God right now. Yeah, but you can also see it out of the spiritual that says when you raise up a child in the ways of the Lord and they grow up, they shall not depart from it. They might come out. And it's not, it's not being naive. It's not being being ignorant. It's, I see it. I see the facts. I see the facts, but I also see it with my faith. Amen. Come on. I see what the devil's trying to do, but I also see what God's trying to do. I see the haters and the enemies, but I also see the angels and the chariots going before me, making a way. I see what I'm going through, but I also see what God's getting me through. I don't just got 20 vision. I got 20. I got 20. 20 vision. I'm going to watch it from both angles. I'm going to see it from both sides. I'm not just going to see what's happening to me. I'm going to see what God's doing through me and in me and how he's building me. I'm going to see it from a new way, from a new way, from a new way. In 2020, you got to see things from the spiritual, not just the natural. I know it's a problem, but God's using it in my life. Here's the second thing he wants to get you ready. I'll say this quick. Joshua 3, 4. Make sure you keep a proper distance between you and it. Next one, three, five. Then Joshua addressed the people, sanctify yourselves. Tomorrow God will work miracle wonders around you. Listen, prepare to be someone you've never been before. I want to go back to this verse really quickly. Sanctify yourselves. 
tomorrow God will work. On the other side of that Jordan is Jericho, enemies. I love that God said, sanctify yourselves, not sharpen your swords or polish your shields. You know what sanctify yourself means? It means get in the water and come out of the water. Clean yourself. That's what the process of sanctification meant. So God was like, you wash your clothes, I'll win your wars. Who does the work? Who does the sanctifying? So I, so I just got, here's what God's saying. I'm not worried about that for them because I can take care of that for them. The only person I'm worried about is you. Don't worry about that. Work on you. Don't worry about the war. Just wash your clothes. Just take care of what you can take care of, and I'm going to take care of the battle. I'm not worried about the achievements. In 2020, you got a lot of goals. Our goals are a lot different than God's goals. Our good goals are goals that are based around what we're doing next year. But God's goals are not good goals. God's goals are God's goals. God's goals are different. They're not attached to what we're doing next year. They're attached to who we're becoming next year. Who we're becoming. And here's why you need to know this. Because in 2020, if you believe that, you will, you will be relieved of the pressure to, to achieve and, and embrace the process to be, of becoming. God, I'm just going to let you do what you do in my life. I'm going to let you work on me and build me. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I believe there are people here in this room. You thought it was over. You thought there was no more hope for you. Listen to me. You are going places you've never been before. Get ready. And the best way to get there is through this person called Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He wants to help you get there. Through him, we find life. Through him, we find hope. Through him, we find love. And he is ready to change and transform. He's ready to take you places you've never been before. He is in this room and he is in this place today. He's ready to open the doors to the room. He's ready to help you cross over those rivers. If you're in this space and, and you hear my words and something, there's a fire lit up inside. Maybe you came to celebrate others who are getting baptized, but there's a fire inside of you. You know that God's talking to you right now. I want to give you an opportunity just to raise your hand and say, I want Jesus in my life. I'm going to count to three. When I say three and you say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Jesus, I need you in my heart. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Just raise your hand. I give you everything that's inside of me. When I say three, if that's you, I want you to raise your right hand to the, to the heavens. God, I need you all over this building. You need Jesus in your life. You're ready to start fresh. You're ready to go into this new year with new life and new hope. One, nobody's looking. It's between you and God. Two, one, two, all over this building. One, two, three right now. You need Jesus in your heart. You need Jesus in your heart. Come on, I see that hand. I see that hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Come on, put your hand down. Pray this prayer with me if you raise your hand. Journey Church, pray this prayer with me as well. Worship team, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, Jesus. I'm tired of being where I've been, and I'm ready to go where I've never been before. I receive you into my heart. Today, I start a new life, fresh. In your name, we pray. Amen. Come on, give it up for 14 people. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.